Sometimes happy memories hurt the most. Anonymous. He's kind of crazy. She's a little. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Silver Linux Playcast. As far as I know, you know. Um, we are going to need some some different theme music. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to it. Patrizio sat alone, except for the bottle and snub-nosed revolver that stared at him from across the table. The bustling city lights of the strip shone like stars through the thin curtain of the discount motel. As much as Pat had tried blocking out the lights, the modest dwelling was no match for the overpowering spectacle of Las Vegas. It's looking to be about that time, said the pistol. Pat looked towards the door, which he had removed the safety latch from, so that if Tiffany showed up, she could let herself in. She'll be here, said Pat. His tone betrayed the confidence of his words. Apart from the muffled ambience of the street noise, the only other sound emanated from the old TV set which had been left on, though it hadn't settled on a channel, and continued to scan the airwaves until hopefully some kind viewer would settle on a program. Pat looked down at his wrist only to realize that he no longer owned a watch. By the magic of depression and barter, his tag Hoyer had now become a 38 special which continued to call out to him. It's time, Pat. You've given her long enough. Pat took a swig from his mostly empty bottle, which was a better indicator that it was nearly midnight than the broken clock radio, which had claimed it was a flashing midnight since he'd arrived five days earlier. I, I don't know what I did wrong, Pat said to himself. The great tragedy was he hadn't done anything wrong. Maybe he'd chosen incorrectly. But that was as much semantics as it was philosophical paradox. If Pat indeed had free will, then to love Tiffany was his choice, and to love him was hers. They weren't wrong to believe that what they had was real. They were human and the fact that they could find themselves one day in a different situation meant that life, in fact, was real as well. A little more time, said the bottle. You and I are not quite done yet. Pat took one more gentle sip. The bourbon burned as it went down his throat in a comforting way, like a hug from the inside of his body. It was a nice bottle. It meant to be drunk slowly, now at a quarter to midnight, the bottle was nearly as drained as the minutes of the last hour. It doesn't matter, said the pistol. That bottle is a temporary solution. I don't claim to be a solution, said the bottle. I'm his friend, perhaps his only one. Pat had friends and it hurt to be around them. That is why he'd come here. He told them that he was going on a business trip and they were none the wiser that he'd quit his job two weeks earlier cashed his retirement savings and life insurance policy. Danny, Ronnie, Jake, they all figured he was having a grand old time living it up in Sin City, when in reality every moment was hell. He wasn't the first one to find himself in this condition, especially not in this city. In fact, he might not even have been the first person to have sat in that very chair sharing the same company that he did tonight. She probably got held up, said the bottle. That's a nice way to put it, said the pistol. Be quiet, both of you, said Pat. She'll be here. 
The three sat quietly, saying more to each other in their silence than they'd ever said in their words. Much like Pat's marriage. Pat always questioned the last fight they'd had. He replayed it over again in his head. Sometimes things went better, and they reconciled. Sometimes things went worse, and he didn't even make it to this moment. But neither the positive or negative scenarios that played out in his mind had any effect on how he felt. If there is such a thing as fate, then either choice he would have made would still lead him to this point. If it wasn't that fight, it would have been another. There was simply no way to know. It was a gamble, and like any human who doesn't possess infinite knowledge of what could be, there really wasn't any point of wondering too hard. Everyone get one opportunity to live their life, and would only know the results of their chosen path. Whether he wound up there by choice or by predestination really didn't matter. Both paths converged at this singular point. Pat looked at the door. He struggled to stand, but his legs didn't have the strength or coordination, and he found himself on the floor. He tasted blood, a salty, sour reminder that he was human, and regardless of his power over his life, he had the power over one thing. He spit the blood on the stain-covered tan carpet and pulled himself back up into the chair. Some friend you are, said the pistol, to take a man's dignity like this. And you, said the bottle. He and I have shared good times as well as bad times. You were no friend. You were only there for people when they're at their worst. I'm... I'm not at my worst, said Pat. Not at your worst, laughed the pistol. You've seen better days, said the bottle. On this fact, both the pistol and bottle agreed. I, I don't think she's coming, said Pat. Wait, cried a voice from across the room. It was the clock. Whose light was flashing twelve, called out for Pat's attention. It hasn't been as long as you think. What would you know? asked Pat. I don't know much, said the clock. All I know is that you gave her till twelve, and it's not yet twelve. But you've been telling me it's twelve for the last five days, said Pat. It's my nature, said the broken timepiece. I was created by man and I perform my duty, and when I'm broken, the words I speak are not to be believed. Then why should I believe what you're saying now? asked Pat. My face is lying, said the clock, but my intention is pure. Sometimes we are broken, and it's not in my nature to fix myself, and so I lie by no fault of my own. Sounds like everyone else in my life, said Pat. Still, I will be right at least once more, said the clock. If your life has been full of lies, then please consider being open to one more truth. That truth being that it is not yet midnight. There is only one of us here that tells no lies, said the pistol. Pat wasn't listening to any of them at the moment. He was staring at the door. He gazed up and down, searching the form for any sign of movement. He hadn't even thought about what would happen if she did show up. He just knew he wanted to see her face one more time. At least one more time. The bottle was now empty. 
It had served its purpose, delivering the living libation to its owner. Its task was complete, and it now sat as empty as Pat. Are you ready? asked the pistol. I realize that I have little left to offer at this point, said the bottle. Most would see me as incomplete. However, I'm not currently doing what I was made to do, but I'm not valueless. Suppose I filled you up again, said Pat. I said the bottle. Fill me a hundred times. The value of the drink inside has been spent, but my value of a vessel remains intact. Pat smiled. He understood. He finally understood what he'd been telling himself. He knew that the pistol, the bottle, even the clock weren't talking to him. They were simply what he needed in order to be able to tell himself these things because he was incapable of trusting himself. For the first time in months, Pat smiled. I don't know if I should tell you this, said the clock. What is it? asked Pat. It's five past the hour, said the clock. I'm sorry, I was not able to alert you when it was midnight. As I told you, I only had one more truth in me, and now it's been told. It's okay, said Pat. The fact that you tried is the most love I've felt in a long time, even if it wasn't strong enough to save me. Pat reached over and placed his hand on the pistol in the bottle and slid them toward himself. Thank you, my friends, said Pat. It was 11.55 when Tiffany ran into the lobby of the motel on Giles Street. Pat had given her the name of the motel that shared its label with too many other places. She wasn't sure which one he was at, though she'd narrowed it down to the most likely two that were right across the street from one another. She hurried with the intensity of a gambler that was placing their final bet before they'd likely win or lose it all. Tiffany pushed her way to the front desk where a young attendant acknowledged her. Can I help you with... No time, said Tiffany. I need to know what room number Pat Peoples is in. It's hotel policy not to give out that information. Fuck policy. I'm his wife, and I love him. I don't think he's okay. Tiffany's eyes welled with tears, pleading with a sincerity that surpassed even that of her words. The attendant leaned in, saying, Just this once, please don't tell anyone I did this. Tiffany threw herself on the desk, grabbing the man's hand and kissing it in thanks. He pulled his arm away and started typing. His eyes darted back and forth across the screen in unison with the staccato clicking of the fingers on a keyboard. Tiffany looked up at the clock on the wall, which now read 11.59. Please hurry, said Tiffany. It's important. The attendant squinted at the screen and frowned, looking up at Tiffany. I'm afraid there is no one staying here by that name. Tiffany collapsed on the floor. Her mouth was screaming, but the world was silent. She was trapped in the deafness of her focus staring at the clock on the wall. Tears streamed down her face and she clenched her chest over her heart as she watched the minute hand hit 12. All right, that's it for this week. Um, 
I hope we'll be back uh, next week because we're getting pretty close. But um, yeah, until next time, we'll see you down the road at Excelsior. He's Captain.